Good afternoon, baseball fans. It is your favorite um, lady of baseball, bourbon and baseball. I'm just kidding. That's Julia Morales. I'm your maybe your second favorite. I don't I don't know. That's what I'm going to call myself, though. Um, this is Susie. And today we have an extra special guest. We have Jeff Balky. Balky? Balky. 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 Mm-hmm. Dang it. I'm so sorry. I, okay. I really thought I had it, but I didn't. Everybody um, does. Well, you may know Jeff from the Believe in Astros podcast with um, his co-host, Jeff Blum. And um, how how has that been for you this, this season, Jeff? It's good. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Believe actually recruited me um, to do the podcast last year. Um, and their whole shtick is they are a podcasting company that pairs, you know, people who write about the team or cover the team with uh, actual former athletes uh, or coaches. And so that's kind of what they do. And if you look at some of their different podcasts, they, they it's it's pretty common for them to have, you know, Rudy Gay, the former uh, basketball player, has a podcast with somebody that uh, Solomon Wilcotts, who's a, a national broadcaster, does a uh, podcast with the Cincinnati Bengals for them. So it's kind of a cool concept. So I did when I first started, I was flying solo <laughs> for the first, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three months. And then uh, I got the news that Blum is going to be my co-host, and it's been great. I mean, Blummer and I have very similar senses of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about we're about the same age. Um, we uh, have a lot of similarities in terms of like we can both we're both like movie quote machines, right? So it's pretty easy for us to to have a conversation and know what each other is talking about. So it's really helpful, and he's he's just a fun guy to to uh, chat with for sure. Well, that's super awesome. If you know, if at any point in time you need like a third co-host, you know, oh. just holler at me. I I will keep mostly, that in mind. Mostly free and no, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> anyhow, so let's uh let's chat a little bit about that uh disappointing yeah ALCS results there. Yeah, um, it's tough. I uh, today today marks the actual retirement announcement from from Dusty Baker. If yeah, that's you right. if listened to this podcast at all in the past, I don't know, six months or so, uh, you will you will know how I how I feel about Dusty. And um, two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first being when Dusty came into the organization <clears throat> in, in 2020, he would he was the correct choice, basically because he had enough baseball clout to kind of wade through the PR bullshit that's came with all of the scandal um side note i'm very sorry uh i didn't give you guys the warning this 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 is an adult podcast uh not adult in that way but adult in like language usage and you know if there's any small children uh near you while listening to this i apologize um so jeff when you put you know if you if you uh send this link out just um just put maybe like a not for safe not safe for work warning on that i'm just i don't know i don't want to survive yeah. So, um, but there will be, there will be cuss words dropped. So I apologize. So, you know, like I said, the, the PR nightmare that, that came with being the manager of the quote unquote cheating Houston Astros. And if you're mm-hmm. just audio only, you will, can hear the uh, quotes in my, <laughs> in my voice there. Um, <laughs> so again, 2020, the entire run that he, that he's had, um, I personally would have loved to send him on his way last season on a high note, winning that World Series, and that basically being the culmination, the pinnacle of his 
uh, coaching career here. And for me personally, it just felt like this kind of marred that I know my, the sentiment is not shared by, by many, many people here. Um, but this season just seemed like it was a disappointment all in all overall, just because it, it, it didn't have to be as hard as it was. And unfortunately for me, I'm like, dusty, why, why? Like we just, all of us could have like hand in hand walked into the sunset and just everyone would have been, you know, thrilled with that. And unfortunately it, uh, it, it didn't happen that way for us, but um, for me personally, but again, I know that I am in the minority of the, of well, the I, think I think part of it is, is that it's hard to argue with a team that went to game seven of the ALCS. I mean, regardless of all the different things that happened during the course of this season, and they've certainly been enumerated repeatedly by me and, and other people, um, <clears throat> the Astros still had one of the best records in baseball. They were still uh, made it to game seven of the LCS and frankly, probably shouldn't have because the Rangers simply a better team than them, no matter what we might want to think about it. Um, he did it with a boatload of injuries. I mean, two of our starting pitchers were gone before we even started day one, essentially. Um, and we had another one that missed a big chunk of the season. Jose Altuve missed 70 games. Jordan Alvarez missed 50. Um, I think, you know, given all of the circumstances that happened this year, this was probably a pretty good outcome for the Astros. It's disappointing because we're spoiled and we're used to the Astros, you know, going to the World Series, competing every single year. And that makes a total sense for us. I think if, if we were on the outside of this looking in, like if this were us looking at, I don't know, the Milwaukee Brewers or somebody else, we would be like, damn, that was kind of an impressive season considering everything that happened. But when you're on the interior of it, it stings and it, and you want it to be better. And of course I'm with you. I mean, I think Dusty made a lot of uh, decisions this year that probably, you know, that probably showed a little bit of his age uh, in terms of his approach to baseball. Um, but, uh, and I've said from the beginning that my biggest argument was with Chaz McCormick. Um, I did not necessarily, like, here's my thing. I, I don't agree with him on not playing Yanner Diaz more often, mm -hmm. but I can accept and understand the argument. Right. I don't, I don't agree with it personally, but the idea of Maldi being, you know, beloved by pitchers and, and another coach on the field, as much as I may disagree with that, I can, I can get behind that argument and I can see the argument for it. I just right. never could understand the argument behind Chaz McCormick, not playing pretty much everyday baseball in center field. Um, that was the one that was probably the biggest like uh, difference I had with Dusty Baker all year in terms of the way he managed the ball club. Otherwise, you know, I'm glad to see him, uh, retire. He's an icon in the sport. Mm -hmm. He's an icon period. Um, and I think it's good time. It's good timing for the Astros. You know, one of the things I was writing about Dusty today a little bit, and one of the things that I think we all forget about is honestly, he didn't just slog the Astros out of the cheating scandal. He slogged them through a COVID shortened year. Yeah. Like, and, and they didn't win the division. The A's won the division that year, as many people seem to forget. <laughs> and the Astros went on and went to the ALCS. You know, it's a, so there, there was a, there are a lot of positives in his five years here, obviously culminating with the World Series last year. But um, I, it is time for a change. It started last year when Dana Brown came in as the new GM. And now we'll see what they do. Uh, fingers crossed, not Brad Osmus. Um, when it comes to, <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad it comes I'm, to bring a new manager. <laughs> I'm glad that, that you brought that up because that was one of the points that I was going to um, 
uh, broach uh, carefully. But now that you've said that, yeah. let's, let's full on dive into that. So uh, I was I was looking at that and I, and I had kind of looked back and said, wait, didn't wasn't Brad Osmus a player here? You know, what yep. what's that all about? And then um, looking at his overall managerial record, what yeah. happened in the clubhouse in L.A. Yes. During his tenure, uh, I, I'm I'm sorry if 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 Brad Osmus is is our new manager, I'm gonna just have to like just just fully fully jump into my my Diamondbacks love affair <laughs> that that I'm that I'm only flirting with right now. Um, but uh, yikes on bikes, guys! Like if you if you want Brad Osmus as your manager, c- c- please please come talk to me. So, I need I need to know that the. the 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 thinking behind your your decision if if that's if that's what you you actually want well it'd be weird i i think osmos was a was a very solid defensive catcher mm-hmm. uh here for the astros he was a guy i think most people thought would end up in a managerial role at some point because he was that type of person while he was here um you know to me this feels like i mean the only reason he would be considered i think is because jeff bagwell in here but right. he's Right. And Bagwell's, you know, sort of becoming the Jack Easterby of the Houston Astros. If you follow the Houston Texans and their sagas, he's a guy that sort of is buddies with Jim Crane. He's behind the scenes. He's kind of whispering uh, in his ear. I think that this is what I feel. Jim Crane, the one thing I will say about Jim Crane is that whatever you may think about him, uh, he is a guy that sh- that swings for the fences almost right. every time. Um, I can't imagine that he's not going to want someone with a, it, it, it's either going to be one of two things to me. It's either going to be somebody who's very high profile, who will make a splash and, and, and put a stamp on the team, <clears throat> or it will be somebody internal that maintains the stability of the organization as it exists now. Um, I don't think you're going to see him go with a, like a weird lesser name outside of the organization and I think Osmus is a lesser name. I think in baseball in general, I just don't think Brad Osmus is a very well, you know, considered candidate. Um, right. I mean, he certainly hasn't been, uh, you know, interviewing for managerial candidates any any time in the last year or so. So I think if it's going to be anybody, it's either going to be somebody that's kind of a splash, or it's going to be somebody like Joe Espada, um, who's already within the organization and can help sort of, you know, keep that ship afloat uh, as we get closer to bigger names in free agency. So if you had your choice, if if Jim Crane said, hey, uh, Jeff, who would you want to be the manager of the 2024 Houston Astros? Your answer would be. Oh, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I the, partially I do think that Joe Espada would be a good choice. Uh huh. Um, I do think he and Omar Lopez are both going to be, I think, on the short list. Uh I mean, probably would be good choices, but I mean, if it's if I had anybody, it would be Craig Council uh, okay. from the Brewers. Um, <clears throat> I think he's going to end up in New York in the Mets yep. because that's where his that's where uh, the GM went. So I think he's going to end up there. But if it were anybody, be that would be him. He's got that youthful energy. Uh, he's he's you know a former player. Um, he's certainly really been a good at you know with Milwaukee and helping them. And and frankly, he'd be coming to a team with a big market payroll right. uh, from a team that didn't have one. So I think there's more that could be done. Never mind the talent level that already exists here. So Council would be my choice. I just don't think they're going to be able to get him. 
But I think if failing him, I would probably look to one of the guys in, inside the organization myself. Gotcha. All right. Well, so um, I obviously, like I said, am a little bit disappointed in the results of the ALCS. I am, however, looking forward to all of stalking all of the player wives and players <laughs> on Instagram to see how they're spending their off, their off season, though. Just I, FYI. Um so this will now kind of become a um, ode to the Diamondbacks. If for some reason uh, y'all are one of the people that are like, oh, no, so since the Astros are out, we now have to change and cheer for the Rangers because at least that no. is a Texas team, no, 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 the no, no, World no. Series trophy in Texas. If you're one of those people, I just need you to, just to get the F out. <clears throat> Absolutely. Look, let me tell you my opinion on this. I am not. So there are, there are, there's one Texas team, one that I will root for that is not in Houston. And that's the San Antonio Spurs. And the only reason I would root for the San Antonio Spurs is because I think it's a good organization. I like Greg Popovich, their coach and their GM. I think they're just a good organization overall. Uh, I know a lot of my fellow Rockets fans would hate me for even suggesting it, but that's the only one. Outside of them, Mavericks, bye. Rangers, no thank you. Uh, Cowboys, what are you kidding me? Yeah. So, um, and, and and I have no desire to, what, what are you going to root for? The I don't like rooting for people to beat me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I can root for another, like I could root, I could have rooted for the Phillies mm-hmm. this year if they were in the World Series. Um I could have rooted for if we had lost in the opening round and then, you know, somebody else from the AL went on and didn't, you know, didn't miss, I could root for them. I can't root for the Rangers. Are you yeah. kidding me? No, abso- absolutely not. No, it's all uh... I can say for the Rangers is <clears throat> I will root for their, their, the, a long series because it will have lots of games there. And my cousin owns an amazing restaurant in Dallas and hopefully that'll bring him more business. Well, That's the only reason. Drop the name. All four of my <laughs> listeners are, are waiting with bated breath. My, so. my cousin, Matt Balky owns a restaurant called Encina. It's always on Dallas's like, you know, top 10, top 20 list of restaurants. It's absolutely fantastic. Last where, time I was there, where in uh, Dallas is? Is it actually it's just in Dallas, or? just southwest of downtown Dallas? Yeah, okay. I forget the name of the the neighborhood, but it's kind of a uh, up and coming neighborhood. And he's a phenomenal chef. And okay. uh, he and his girlfriend, uh, who owned used to own a bar right down the street, now does all the beverage service for Encina. Oh. They have it together, and it's just so good. Every time I'm there, I just eat myself till I'm sick. Well, very um, well. And so, yeah. So, but I, yeah, I'm not rooting for the Rangers. There's no way. And look, I like the Diamondbacks. I will tell you, I didn't know very much about them until the Astros played them that last series of the year. Well, you've um, come to the, you've come to the right place. <clears throat> and I've, right. and I've watched them pretty, I've watched them quite a bit. I was rooting for them against the Phillies, even though all my in-laws, uh, relatives, they live in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm sure they're furious at me for rooting, for, but they, you can't help but root for them. I mean, oh, yeah. the underdog story is great. So, uh, are you a are you a musical? Do you listen to musicals, Jeff? Do you do? You? Oh, musicals! I mean, yes. like, no, I'm not a. Like, I mean, I know musical theater, but I'm not a huge fan or anything. Have my you, wife it works for have the you opera. Seen, so. Have you seen Hamilton? <laughs> I I'm gonna get crushed for this. <gasps> I I watched I watched it and I turned it off halfway through. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Jeff! Golly! I know. I I'm gonna get I get crushed. My wife actually did too. My wife does like musical theater. So, uh, you know, it's fine. Okay. My favorite, if, if, you're, if you have to hold my hand, I mean, I love Book of Mormon. Okay. And uh, well, I, 
you know, and there's some that I like. That one I, I just didn't care for. So the, the entire reason I'm, I'm asking this is I, yes. I realize that there's probably a very, very slim margin of crossover between baseball and, and the Venn diagram but, of, yeah. of Hamilton like, and Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, it's like narrow. it's like me and like three other people. They're probably not <laughs> listening to this podcast, but um, the Diamondbacks remind me of the song from Hamilton where it's um, young, scrappy and hungry. And that is the epitome of the Diamondbacks. I mean, one of their nicknames is is the Babybacks because of that really young core of uh, Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas and yeah. Gabby Moreno, you know, and they've had some veterans come on uh, via trade and, you know, via mm -hmm. signings and, and whatnot with, you know, Tommy Pham, Catal Marte has been there forever and Evan Longoria coming on. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that team to me, and we... Thankful to my, my, again, one of my four listeners that had said, hey, I remember way back at the beginning of the season when you guys were on the Diamondbacks. And I said, watch out for the Diamondbacks. They're going to be sneaky. I did not I did not predict that they were going to get to the World Series. I really thought that they were probably a year away with the, the mm -hmm. whole pitching situation. But Brandon fought coming on and just being absolutely lights out in the playoffs has just been chef's kiss. Um, so if, if any Astros fans out there that are listening need any more reason to root for the diamondbacks, remember who their pitching coach, Brent is. Strom. That's Brent the main Strom. reason. Stromy. Pitching wizard, um, black magic doer, uh, oh, yeah. Brent Strom. And, uh, one of the stories that, that, I heard on a different podcast and I can't remember which, and I'm very sorry that I can't uh, tell you the source, but basically in spring training of um, no, not, I'm sorry, not in spring training summer mm. of last season, <clears throat> he calls Brandon fought who still lives with his parents. Cause he's like all of four years old calls him and says, Hey, you are going to be pitching big, meaningful innings for us in the postseason." And at this point, he's not not even made it up to the up to the club yet, you know. And so yeah. he's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. What now, Coach Brent Strom? What? Uh, and he's like, no, he goes, I have full faith in you. So the fact that Brent Strom is Nostradamus and is predicting that Brandon Fott is going to be pitching big innings for them. And, you know, it wasn't all lollipops and, and rainbows for Brandon Fott. He came up and got blasted and had to go back down to triple a for a mm -hmm. while and then came back up and uh, didn't have a great, you know, regular season, but like I said, in postseason, his, his first start went 5.2 innings, I think struck out nine mm -hmm. second time around, <clears throat> you know, I think went four innings, maybe five innings, but um, struck out seven. And again, mm -hmm. no one in their right mind is thinking that, that all of the wins that they're going to get are on the backs of Brandon fought and the bullpen games, you know, it, that's, yeah, that's not, that's well, they're not seven, eight, nine, they're seven, eight, nine guys are about as good as anybody in baseball. They're like the equivalent of uh Neris Abreu and Presley. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they, they, mm -hmm. they're shut down. Their last inning guys are really shut down and that's been, that's been super impressive. Oh yes. Uh, Andrew Saul Frank, everyone's like, um, I'm sorry, who? Yeah, he was a he was a rookie. This is his first, not even full season. Um, mm -hmm. That entire back into that bullpen hasn't been there since the beginning of the season. Like I want to say August 
was yeah. when they come out. Uh, Ryan Thompson was a was a throwaway from the Rays. We all know how the pitching machine that the Rays are. And then Paul Sewell that they got at the trade <coughs> deadline from the Mariners. Right. You know, and that was a that was a good get. What well, and people kind it was of a good under the radar get. It was thought it was thought of kind of as a like a lateral move almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they had to give up Josh Rojas, who was part of that that young core that 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 we had just discussed. And I saw a tweet from, I guess, a Mariners fan that Paul um, Seawald had had retweeted. And basically, Paul had written on a baseball that he had, had given to this this fan's son saying, you know, thank you so much for being a fan. And uh, we'll see you in the World Series hmm. when he was still with the Mariners. And I was like, I'm not I, we're not going to point out that you were on the Mariners and you thought that it was the Mariners. But like, congrats to you, Paul Seawald, for making it with the Diamondbacks. Like, I love that for you. Yeah, so, but, well, Strom has been Strom's really good at you know, and I think also the Astros uh, pitching coaches who are uh, were basically under the Strom's tutelage grew up. Um, <clears throat> I think they have that ability to see in pitchers kind of w- project what they can be. Um, we've seen them do that in, with the Astros with lots of guys. You know, they bring yeah. them in, and you know, suddenly they go from being you know pretty good relievers or pretty good starts to be in, you know, surprisingly great. Like Ryan, I don't think anybody thought Ryan Stanek was going to set the Astros record last year for ERA out of the bullpen. Um, but, you know, and especially given the fact that he didn't even make it on the postseason roster because his whip right. was too high. Right. Um, but that that's what the Astros get from a lot of guys. And, I, and I, that's part of the legacy of Brent Strom here and what hopefully will continue with, with the guys they have. And it's, I think it's the, the Astros are, you know, and, and the Diamondbacks clearly are on this freight train of being ahead of the game when it comes to measuring potential talent through analytics. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to measure game in game out decision-making, you know, with, with computer power. Um, but to be able to project wins, to do that sort of money ball estimations, uh, that we've seen so frequently, they've become really, really good at it. Um, yeah. And particularly on the pitching side and strong. Hey, look to also to his credit, the guy embraced it. I mean, he's not a spring chicken, no. right? And he's been in the league a long time and he was like, yeah, let's do this. You know, also he's a big dog guy, by the way, which yeah. I really love. Yeah. Um, I, but I miss, you know, I miss Strami. I really, yeah. But I mean, he really, he really yeah. did embrace this idea of, Hey, let's, let's use this to project where these guys can and potentially will be um, in the, and even just in the next year, let's get this reliever who maybe doesn't have, but one really good pitch right now, but we think he's got a good enough hook that we can increase his spin rate. You know, it's just very impressive stuff and way too deep in the weeds for a mind like mine that absolutely shuns math. Like it was the plague. Yes. Um, But, but just very impressive you know, like I wouldn't know an ex woba if it hit me in the head with a baseball bat. But it's like, but I, but I am very impressed by their ability to harness that computing power and use it for. I was going to say use it for good. I feel like I'm on Spider-Man, but right, like, yeah. but to use it for to use it for their their you know to the enhance the potential of players. It's great, and that using fought as an example of just saying, hey, you know, we we imagine you pitching big games for us. That's it's pretty good foresight. Oh yeah. Well, and just the in-game decisions as well. Um, yeah. In the la- in game seven, when <clears throat> Brandon fought was 
basically out there. Um, it was not Nick Castellanos who who was the it was the pinch hit. Maybe Jake K. No, 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 no. That's the, that was later on. Um, but basically, I don't remember who the who the player was. But basically, it was Brandon fought. There was a runner on first and second, and Brent. You see Brent Strom. They 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 cut to him. And Brent Strom's doing one of these like think motions. If you're audio only, it's like finger to the forehead kind of thing. Um, and kind of saying, you know, like be smart about it. And it was basically just kind of letting that letting them know, hey, if you got to walk this guy, walk this guy, because right. you can get Rojas, their nine hole hitter. You can get him out. Be smart about it. Don't let right. let this this batter beat you. Maybe, maybe, maybe guys like Brent Strom, they don't need the, the, um, maybe they don't need the, the pitch thing, the, the pitch com. Oh, maybe yeah. he's just like pulls the Jedi. He's like, this is not the pitch you were wanting to throw. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you, know, you, like, you, like, you can totally see him just letting him know, hey, make, make good decisions. You yeah. know, this, this is what I tell my eight year olds as they get out of the car and like, <laughs> make smart decisions, you know? And so, it's good advice for anybody. Right. You know, um, they're, they're not old enough yet for the don't, d- don't do what I wouldn't do advice. Cause that's just, that's going to get you guys in a lot as, of trouble. So. As soon as they're like, mom, that leaves me too much room. Yeah. Yeah. One of them would be like, <laughs> um, mom, that's, that's not good. And then the other one would just take that and run. But anyways, so um, yeah, the world series, neither team. Uh, well, the Rangers obviously never winning a world series. Um, we're not going to pour salt in any more wounds, Nelson Cruz, uh, but the diamondbacks <laughs> only winning, you know, the one world series mm-hmm. and, it eerily matches up with their with their one World Series win. I mean, it, that was what twenty one years ago. Yeah, yeah, years that's ago. A, that sounds right. With Randy Johnson, so, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, when the World Series, like all of the dates, all of the games are going to match up from that's twenty one years ago. Um, the one of the starting pitchers hit a bird. Oh. God, mm-hmm. that well, yeah. that was yeah, that was an incredible. That's still one of the so, most that, unbelievable moments in sports history. I'm like, how does that happen <clears throat> again? That bird, that poor, that poor bastard yeah. bird just exploded oh, yeah. too. Well, I mean, so you know, Randy Johnson, Zach Allen, have yourself moments that <laughs> that matches up, you know. Um, and it was basically uh, everybody, quote unquote, rooting against the Diamondbacks in you know after in well, that world in the national, I think, yeah, I think in the national media, there's certainly a perception of that. Look, everybody wants the big market teams to play in the World Series because right. the perception is because look, most of the baseball writers in America are concentrated within about a hundred square miles around New York City. Um, yep. So, so they're obviously going to be rooting for East Coast guys. They, this is going to mostly these some of these games are going to start well after their bedtime. Oh, you yeah. know, so <clears throat> so it's a, it, I get it. But I mean, to me, it's an it's an it, to me, it's an intriguing series because you really have the Diamondbacks. I mean, they're really facing a team in the Rangers. It's very similar to the Phillies, yeah. um, just with maybe not quite as much pitching as the Phillies had. I mean, it's a very similar team. Lots and lots of power in their lineup, a really long and deep lineup, um, not a great bullpen uh, to speak of but some very good starting pitchers with some real experience. Um, just like the Phillies, the Rangers spent a boatload of money in the offseason yep. uh, to bring in big-name guys to to sort of shepherd their their uh, organization. Um, so, yeah, there's some real parallels there. And the fact that the Diamondbacks were able to beat the Phillies. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. 
I did not think they were going to win after those first two games. I don't think anybody did. I don't know if yeah. you saw Chris Mad Dog Russo said he'd oh, retire yeah. on the spot. He goes on Howard Stern, and now he gets to run around in an Arizona Diamondbacks bikini through the streets of Manhattan calling himself a liar and a dope because God bless. Yeah. That's what Howard Stern does. Yeah. I think, um, I think everyone would rather he retire instead. I know. Right. right? I, mean, I don't. Right? Yeah. I, no, I don't think anybody needs to yeah. see that. Like, Nobody that's wants a punishment to see that. now that that's right. Running around in a, in but, a but I will say that, you know, look that they faced, I, I just been referring to the Phillies as duck dynasty because that's what they look like. They look like a bunch of rejects from duck dynasty. And it's like they beat duck dynasty. Now they're going to have to take on the Rangers. If anybody has the ability to to go through that, and I mean they faced the Dodgers. I mean they every team they faced has been a, just a power lineup. Yeah, and it, they've been able to get through all that with some really smart pitching, um, some very very timely hitting, and just smart play. I think that's the the biggest thing about the Diamondbacks that's been great about them is they've been they're just smart. They're, they they yeah. don't they, they don't hurt themselves. It was something we saw the Astros do too often time, this season time and time again yeah especially given the fact that look most times you can guarantee that a good defensive team is going to remain good defensively and the astros did not um and they you know so that I, I i you give them credit watching the few games that i have with the diamondbacks too they're smart at the plate they don't swing at a lot of bad pitches um and they foul off a lot of things they they push pitch counts high that's what they're gonna have to do against the rangers too and i they certainly have the ability to do it it's a it's a pretty cool story Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm so excited to watch the Diamondbacks. And one of the big storylines uh, with the Diamondbacks was the fact that you have Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas and yeah. those really fast guys that just stole all of the bases. Just yeah. kids. I mean, yep. Alec Thomas, you know, I don't know if you Blummer told this story that Alec Thomas is the son of Alan oh, Thomas, who's the, the strength Sox? and conditioning coach at the White Sox when Blummer yeah was playing there and won a world series against the Astros. And um, he used to shag fly balls for them. You yeah. know, so he, in fact, he saw uh, Alec Thomas in this, that final series of the season with the Astros. And he went up to say hello to him thinking he wouldn't even remember him, which is classic sort of Blum. Like who right. doesn't remember Blummer? Right. Um, and the kid was like, no, I remember you. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And so I chatted with him. So they, they I mean, obviously, and Carol is a, to me, a fascinating uh, a fascinating story because that's a guy that was ter he's terrible to start the series and then comes on with, you know, three hits in the deciding game. Yep. Three um, hits, two steals, only player ever, ever in the MLB to record yeah. three hits and two steals in the same. Well, game. I, let's see who's going to win tacos for everybody. I think oh. it's probably, it's going to have to be Carol or somebody like that. That's going to win tacos in the world series for everybody for getting the stolen base. Honestly, I, at this point, I feel like Taco Bell or one of those, sh they should just, give up on the a stolen base. What are you kidding me for tacos? Right. Now? I mean, there was a guy that stole 70 bases in baseball this year. Yeah, I mean, well, come on. I think you may need to do better than a stolen base. I need to do sure, something a little sure. more difficult. Well, and the, but, but I mean, the storyline was the, the fact that the Diamondbacks didn't steal the first five games. Uh, yes. The, that was so series, weird. You know? They played it really conservative. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm wondering how much of that was, is gamesmanship and, and, like we're not going to show you how well we can steal bags. We're going to wait until the pressure is really on, and then your pitchers are going to have to be pinpoint accurate. Like, well, I think uh, also some of it might have been too that they were unfamiliar with the pitching staff, so it was a little right. bit harder to run on those guys. But here's the thing to me that that I think is really is smart, and this is any good team does this, and that is 
<clears throat> they force the other team to make mistakes, right? Right. They push other teams to make decisions. So if you run, right, you're forcing somebody to make a throw to try and get a guy out. Yep. That can lead to bad things. It might, yep. it, it is, there's one outcome that it leads to that's good and like a hundred that yep. are not good, which is yep. why I think quite a bit throughout this series, throughout this entire postseason, we've seen a guy, a lot of guys run uncontested. There've yep. been a lot of non-throws on stolen bases because catcher gets up and he's like, okay, I can heave this down there, but <clears throat> my chances of catching this guy are far less than me throwing it into the outfield. And yes. so I think when you're aggressive in those ways, hit and runs and a lot of things that baseball wanted to have happen when it increased the size of the base and when it, you know, went to the pitch clock and the, and all the rules with disengagement and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's what they've exactly what they've gotten. They've gotten oh, yeah. these, these situations where people are going to try to take advantage and sometimes it's going to backfire and in spectacular ways. And sometimes it's going to be great. And so I think the Diamondbacks, they, they did that thing that teams that don't have the, you know, the quote, don't have a lot to lose. Of course, everybody's got a lot to lose. You're going to, you have the chance to go to the world series, but they did that classic thing that I think young aggressive teams do. And they're like, fuck it. Right. You know, let's, let's just like, let's, we're just gonna let, play hard. <clears throat> I'm going to run. And if this guy catches me, he catches me. And if he doesn't, that's fine. There's a, there is a, uh, you know, that risk reward. They, they obviously kind of a high risk reward situation, but they, they're like, fine. Yeah. Why not? You know, yeah. and, you know, let's be honest, they have a future, yeah. you know, they're a team that has great young talent. And so, you know, if they don't make the World Series this year, they always will next year. And they, oh, yeah. and they did. Well, and, you know, the the cojones on of Corbin Carroll to have Ranger Suarez, yeah. possibly one of the best fielding pitchers ever. Oh, for sure. Literally staring at you because they've already he's already disengaged twice. So, you know, yeah. that Corbin Carroll is going to run in him. So the fact that like Ranger Suarez is staring <clears throat> at you. Yep. And you then you just make the move to steal on him, you know, mm -hmm. like forcing uh Bryce Harper to make the throw to Bry um Bryson Stott just how fast are you like it's the, no the it's it's like, dude it's it's actually it's great drama um it's great uh it's a great story in baseball when you have something like that i love the disengagement rule thing too because once they've disengaged twice then you really it it's it's basically just a showdown at oh, yeah. that point it's like listen i have to throw it I know you're going to run, you know, let's see who wins. And yep. I, that, I think those are, and frankly, look, kudos. To, I don't give Rob man for credit for anything. I'll just say kudos to baseball that they made some of these decisions, which some of them were pretty maligned, but let's right. be honest. I mean, they've made a big difference in this season and how the gameplay oh, yeah. has gone. It's been exciting. It's been fun. Um, now, if they'll just get the robo umps in here, oh, yeah. then uh, then we can move on with our lives and stop wanting to murder people. I don't, I don't, what, I don't know why. Um, don't you want, you know, the pitch called three <clears throat> inches out, outside, like the outside edge to make, make people Look, swing and change swing patterns and decisions. I, I all I'm saying is Angel Hernandez should never be allowed to officiate another game. Uh, I, I don't know if he has naked pictures of Rob Manford on a hard drive somewhere or what it is. But you've got some officials out there who are just downright horrible. Yeah. And I mean, could and look, also, there are some really good ones, too. Yeah. Should not discount the guys who are out there really working hard and doing yeah. a good job. But there are too many of them who are part of the game. And uh, hopefully that's Amen. hopefully that's not in the World Series. Hopefully they get over their 
70% strike uh, percentage calls for a game. Good no, Lord. No, no. Um, I actually did see on Twitter that the, the umpiring crews have come out. And I think the only umpiring crew um, that had a like top 10 percentage rate is only going to be on game two. All of the other games are are vastly, vastly uh, just very below average, and it's it's just, just it's get not... the damn just get and the RoboUmps have been working. I don't, there was a great article in the Athletic earlier this year about how the RoboUmps and AAA have not only been a success in terms of calling balls and strikes, but they've actually made hitters uh, have better strike zone awareness. Oh, I, they, I can they, only imagine. You know, yeah. For yeah, sure. because they, they can figure out where the strike zone is going to be on a consistent everyday basis. And by the way, if baseball really wants more offense, that's how you do it. Uh, make the bring strike back zone. the juice balls. I'm that I you know just Aaron Judge got them. I'm just saying, like bring them back for everybody. That's that's all I'm going to say. So well, Fair. we'll wrap on this, uh, Jeff. Do you have a World Series prediction? You know, I'm. I, I know a lot of people are picking the Rangers. I'm not. I'm picking the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm just not going to bet against them, uh, given what they've done so far. And I do still think, regardless of what they've done in this postseason, I still think the Rangers bullpen is a problem. Yeah. Um, I just. I. I would. If I were the Rangers, I would be worried about that bullpen um, and the consistency of hit. Like you, maybe they can score eight, nine, ten runs a game. I just don't see it happening. And given that at some point they're going to have to get into that bullpen. And I think if you're the diamondbacks, you can take advantage of that. Um, So I I'm going to take them, but I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's six or seven games, but I'm going to take the D backs. Yeah. I'm hoping D backs in seven. And I hope that on the seventh game, they wear those like super retro um, purple. They're they're throwbacks. That's that's what I'm hoping. So um, D backs and seven. Yay. Jeff, tell the people where they can find you on all of the social. You can find me at Jeff Balky, J E F F B A L K E. And you can find the believe in Astros podcast at believe in Astros. It's believe spelled B L E A V Uh, Blummer. And I'll be on there all off season talking hot stove. Uh, I'm sure dissecting whoever they hire as manager, not Brad Osmus. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be, it's going to be an, I think it's going to be a very entertaining off season for the Astros because I think they have some holes to fill and I think they're going to have to make some pretty significant decisions. Uh, I think Alex Bregman's going to have to be the first one because if you're not going to sign him long-term and I doubt they can, this is his last year under contract. You might have to think about moving Alex Bregman. Yeah. Uh, Might have to happen. We'll have to get you guys back on and, yeah. and and do a whole do a whole other segment on that because I've got I've got lots of thoughts for you on that. So sounds good. Um, but with that, um, we and I will put all of the links for Jeff um, in the description episode description below, so you can find him there. Um, Jeff, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. And um, with that, we will say goodbye and yay baseball.